0: Hello and welcome to Bereaved Motherhood in Alden Tales. I'm your host Mackenzie and on today's episode we're going to be talking about what do I do with all my baby's things. So if you're like the majority of moms out there, we had everything or mostly everything we needed for our precious children. I do not know a mom that does not put together a nursery that is super well thought out. They've picked out all the furniture. Maybe some of it um, is family heirlooms. Others pieces maybe brand new when they went shopping and had to find just the right piece. Walls that have been freshly painted. Um, a theme or a decor that's been picked by the mom for whatever reason. And every little piece on the wall has been carefully chosen in honor of their precious little child. So now you come home from the hospital and there's no baby, or there was a baby in the room and now there no longer is. So what are we supposed to do with all their things? We have a closet full of diapers, wipes, clothes, toys, a dresser full of, you know, nail clippers, brushes, little hats, bows, shoes, more clothes, you know, sleepers, blankets, swaddles, burp cloths, bibs. I mean, the whole nine yards, we have it all. And so what do we do with all of our, our baby's things? And I know that some people have really, really strong opinions on this on the outside world. And even like psychiatrist, psychologist, therapist will have a timeline of like how everything should occur. And you should do, you know, X, Y, and Z by this date or that date. But what I'm going to say is psychiatrist, psychologist, therapist, if they haven't been in this position, they don't really know what they're talking about. So let's not worry about what society's demands are and instead do what's best for us. So most moms land in one of two camps. They're either in the camp of do not touch anything, leave everything the way it was, is, and they want to hold on to every little thing. They cannot imagine being separated from it. It would be completely painful. It would feel like just more and more loss. Like these are the last things they have of their baby and now they're going to be ripped away if it were to be taken down. And they find their baby's room comforting. It's a place they enjoy being. It might be a really emotional place. It might be a hard place to be, but at the same time, it's where they feel closest to their baby and they just want to gaze at all their child's possessions. They want to grab those little clothes out of the dresser and hold on to them and hug them and just imagine everything that their baby would be doing um, at this point, like in those clothes, playing with these toys, all that kind of stuff. And then there's the other camp, which is I don't want to see anything, have it all behind that closed door, you know, before they get home, they want a family member or a friend to pack it all up, put it in the attic, put it in the garage, like, they don't want to have to see it, they don't want to go through it, they don't want any reminder that's visible like that in their house screaming, baby, 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 but where's the baby? Either reaction is totally normal and totally okay. So it doesn't really matter which camp you fall in. The important thing is you do what feels right. Now, coming off from that, there is a recommendation that you don't make major life choices in like the first year or six months after a traumatic event. I can't really think of anything much more traumatic than the death of your child. So If you're somebody whose natural response is, I want it gone, I want it away, I don't want to see it, that is totally fine. But make sure it's packed up and put somewhere that you still have access to. So don't just quickly go and give it all away or return it all, donate it, things like that. Don't make a decision where you can't get back your child's possessions. Because as time goes on, your feelings on the topic may change. And you never want to get some place where you thought you didn't want anything. And then X amount of months later, you're like, Oh, actually, I really wish I had some of their clothes or their toys, or whatever it is. And now you don't, because that's just going to make it even harder yet. So it doesn't matter which camp you fall in, but just make sure that you don't just quickly get rid of everything. Of course, if you want it packed away, if you want it all thrown behind a closed door, that is a-okay. It's very, very normal. But then as time goes on, you can decide what do I want to do with my baby's things? And the same for the group of people that at first wanted to hold on to anything. As time goes on, it might become easier to donate or gift some of your child's possessions. And I understand a lot of this too can depend on where you are in life. You know, if this was um, supposed to be your last baby and you've decided, yeah, you know, we're not going to have any more. This was our caboose. Then, you know, there might be a more logical reason to donate your child's items. You know, you might choose to keep some really special pieces and then donate the rest. Whereas if you're planning on having more kids, it might make more sense to keep some of the stuff and use it as hand-me-downs for a future little brother or little sister. So I understand that our station in life, our place in life will also play a factor and a role into what we do with our child things. Now I do know people that do want more kids but they don't want their future children to wear any of their um, other child's clothes or have their toys or shoes or anything from the nursery And you know, that can be you. And that's also a very legitimate financer as well. But just give yourself time before you make these ultimate decisions of like, I'm getting rid of it all, because you might want it back. And just like you so strongly may feel like I'm never getting rid of a thing. And then you get stressed out about, you know, well, where am I going to put all this stuff? Can I forever leave it out? Like, how does this look, you know, five, 10 years down the road? Don't worry about that. Just give yourself time. And as time goes on, you know and as your baby would be growing up it might become easier to you know put the swing away and slowly kind of start to go through things and be like okay what do I want to keep out and keep displayed what do I maybe want to put in a box and then what would I potentially want to give away or you know maybe I don't want to give anything away um and then in regards to you know our baby's things it's a wonderful wonderful Ability we have as parents to display our child things, and obviously, one of the countless heartbreaks when you've lost a baby is that you're never gonna have artwork from them to hang on the wall, you're never gonna have something they made at school to you know display a little pot they might paint for Mother's Day that you can put a flower in, or anything like that. So it's only natural as parents to want to display some things and some of us are a lot more public and we want these things displayed where anyone coming in and out in and out of our home can see them and others are more private and they might want these things displayed in a safer, more private room of their house, maybe their bedroom or something like that. So you as the mom and the dad have to make those decisions. And again, as time goes on, your position on this might change. You might be okay sharing more or sharing less. Um, It just really depends on the person and where they're at in their grief journey and what other factors they have going on in their life. So I just want to share some things that my husband and I did. So I definitely was in the camp. You're not touching anything. I want this nursery to stay just the way it is. I mean, the very first place I went after I walked through that door, coming home from the hospital was straight into his nursery. And I spent countless nights on the floor of his nursery going through his things. And it just made me feel very close to him. Yes, it was hard. It was emotional. But it's not like it was less hard or emotional to be on the couch. I mean, being in his room, I at least felt closer to him. I was surrounded by his things. But um, we ended up moving about, oh, I'm trying to think, seven months, I guess, after he was born. And the nursery was still set up. Everything was exactly the same. The swing was still in my living room. And I packed everything up and I moved it all into our new home. We set up his bedroom um, in our new house because there was no way in the world I was just going to place things in a box and like pretend it didn't exist. That was utterly and totally hurtful to me. And I know some people thought I was like crazy and a little nuts to like set up a nursery for a baby that wasn't there. And I will say that, um, not that long after we had Maverick, we did get pregnant again and we were having another boy. So it worked out really well because our second son was able to use everything basically that was his big brother's. Now, when we moved, we knew we were pregnant, but we didn't know if we were having a boy or a girl. So I did know that like, if we have a girl, this room is very masculine. It's very male. So I'm going to have to make some changes. And I honestly had a plan of like, okay, I'm going to take his stuff. That's like nautical themed, because that was his nursery thing was like sailor boat. And I'm going to move it all into the guest bedroom. So my guest room will be like a nautical room. Um, I'll keep the furniture in the nursery that was bought for the nursery. And then I'll have to like, make some changes to it. But the thought of that was really, really hard for me. And so personally, I'm really thankful that I never had to do that and to make that move and that transition. But if you ever find yourself in that spot, you know, have a plan about, okay, well, what can I do with my baby's things? How can I still keep them out and display them? And again, it's another example as this time goes on, circumstances change, life evolves. And so adjustments sometimes have to be made. I mean, sometimes they don't either, Um, but that's all just a normal part of this. I am not a point that I have pictures displayed of my son. I did from basically the moment we got home. And I have my favorite ones displayed, the ones that um, he just looks alive in. And he's just so handsome and beautiful. And I'm just so proud to share. And that I would, you know, share with anybody in the world. I would shout them from the rooftops. Those are the pictures that are in the main living parts of my home. I have a few kind of like memorial willow brand um like statue things one's an angel and it's on a base that has his name and birthday and that's by a photo of him that's on an end table by the couch we have another frame picture on our mantle that's again has a willow little statue next to it with a mom and a dad um holding their baby so I have some of those things I have a friend who makes these like birth announcement boards where it has the baby's name their birthday and all their birth stats and so she made one for Mav and I have that displayed in my kitchen um, it's really beautiful. I mean, it's a custom piece of artwork and I love displaying his name. I loved his name. So did my husband. I mean, we were so in love with that name. It was picked for a very specific reason and, you know, we just absolutely adored it. So I love having it displayed where anybody that kind of comes in my house can like see his name. It's, you know, boldly presented. And since I don't get to hear his name said by like the general public because they don't talk about it, um, it kind of like proclaims it to the world when they come into my home. And so I really, really like that. And just a way to honor and celebrate his birth. And um, it can be a fun conversation piece as well. Then in our bedroom, we have a collage picture frame where I have more intimate pictures. You know, one picture has his like little naked bum on it. And I just think it's so cute. But, you know, I'm not going to display that for any old Joe to see. And then there's other photos that just are very emotional. You know, there's a lot of emotion in my husband and mine faces. And so, you know, there are pictures that I'm fine of, you know, certain people see. But again, I don't necessarily just always want them out in the main part of my house for anybody to see at any given moment um, because they're just a little bit more personal and private. So I like having those more private pictures in our bedroom and having a collage picture frame so I can display quite a few of them in our room and it hangs directly across from our bed so that when we're sitting in bed or sleeping and you wake up, like the very first thing you see is his beautiful face and these pictures of him. So that's kind of how I've decided to go about it in my own life. I was gifted a few pieces of artwork that have scripture on it. Um, So one I actually have on a bathroom in my bathroom on a shelf and you know, the rest of the world doesn't know that there's a connection there, but I do. And it's just, you know, another little reminder of him in the bathroom. And so I like to have those little reminders just kind of sprinkled throughout my house, but incorporated with my decorating style and the way that I would do things, you know, even if he was alive, like I wouldn't probably have the little willow statues, but otherwise, it's the way I display my living children too. So it really fits for our family and for our needs. And as more and more time has gone by you know there are certain things that I'm okay with being on the top shelf of a closet and I don't feel like it has to be you know set out in a room for all to see and so again it's like as you go along this journey as we will say many many times grief is not a destination it's a lifelong journey and it ebbs and it flows and it evolves and so you know old me who was like no one is touching anything this is my son's room it's perfect it's we're never getting rid of any of his things. Has now been like, okay, I'm not getting rid of anything. Like, I keep it all, but I'm okay with not everything being displayed. Um, we also got castings from the hospital and hand and footprints, a lock of hair, and some like really, really precious, valuable items. I mean, these are the most precious things I own. Um, you know, of the physical world. And so we decided to get a box, like a safe box at our bank to put those things in. And there's something that we'll get out like around his birthday so that we can share them with our living children. We can look at them and we can just really take it all in and love on it, but they're breakable are completely irreplaceable so I wanted them to have a safe safe home and you know if our house were to burn down or something I don't want to have to worry about losing these things because no amount of insurance money can replace it or fix it so you know I've um gone down more of that route of like what can I absolutely not lose and then I've put that in the bank so again you know you have to just figure out what does this look like for me and how does this work for me um I have a few things of his that I did not want to use with future children and I have that in a box on top of our closet and they're just like things that were made really specifically for him like when we found out he was a boy I bought this swaddle set that I had pre-picked out I had a boy one and a girl one picked and so as soon as I found out he was a boy like one of the very first things I did was order the swaddle set and I planned for his newborn pictures to be taken in them Um, so the idea of like using that on another baby was totally foreign and like felt very, very wrong. It was like, no, 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 no. Like I would never do that if he had lived and it just, it felt like a slap in the face to him. And so, you know, they've never been used, but they're in that box. His aunt knitted him a little lovey after she found out we were pregnant and it was one of the first things that he was gifted and you know it was something she handmade specifically for him so again it felt wrong to like let another child play with it or use it so that's in the box and then my like step-grandmother made this really beautiful soft blanket that has teddy bears riding rocking horses and like with their little cowboy hats on and it's just so precious and sweet. And then in denim, it says his name Maverick. So obviously, that's been personalized, like another kid really can't use it. But you know, again, it was a handmade blanket designed specifically for him. And it has his name on it. So it goes in that box. Now his grandmother makes all of her grandchildren a knitted blanket. And we like did decide with our second born to leave it in the nursery because she had made it to fit that nursery's theme and it just fit it so beautifully and it is such a beautiful blanket that I really wanted to display it and it just felt like it belonged in that room. Like it was made for that room. So removing it from that room seemed kind of wrong to me. And I loved the idea that like yes she made a separate blanket for Remington but I love the idea that he could still use his big brother's blanket and this blanket that was designed and inspired by this nursery and so we still hang it on his crib to this day and um, you know it's not something that I will like gift to him when he's older and be like oh hey you can use this like no absolutely not it's mine and I will hold on to it and it's not something that like I would have grandchildren or something like that use but I just really wanted to see it used and it just felt wrong to separate from that room since that room was the inspiration behind that blanket and I've really really loved seeing my second son be able to use it now we don't take it outside like we don't take it camping or anything like that like we're very careful with it um because it is just very very precious because it was Mavs um, it is mouse and it's just an, it's another way to just incorporate Maverick and to just talk about, Oh yeah, this is your big brother's blanket. And you know, I love having those kinds of pieces that are conversation pieces and ways to talk about the child that you've lost to other people, whether it be siblings, family members, friends, or just whoever happens to come through the doors of your home, um, And it works, you know, it's, I see people come in and just look at him and I see smiles across their faces and it just warms my heart and it makes me smile as well. I know that a lot of people, especially if you've cremated your child and you have their urn, will do some kind of like display on a shelf and they decorate it and they put some of their baby's belongings or things that remind them of their child on the shelf. And I think that is so sweet. If we had gone the cremation route, I would totally do that as well. So you kind of just have to do what works for you. You know, I know people that will do shadow boxes and display those. And again, I think that's a really wonderful, thoughtful thing. And it can be a really cool way to display really precious, precious, important um, things of your child's. So those are all, you know, great, great options. There's really not a wrong or a right option. You just have to follow your heart and be okay changing things along the way. So I just thought it was really important to talk about the normalness of a strong reaction of your baby's things, whether that be holding tight to it or pushing it far away and how, you know, if you're on the side of pushing it far away, don't actually give it away until you're 100% sure that's what you want to do. And then if you are sure and you've let some time go by and you're very comfortable in that decision, there's a amazing ways that you can bless other people and that your baby can be a blessing to them i know of moms that have gifted outfits to a baby boy or girl depending on what they had that is born the same day as their child was and they include a little note and you know it's a little way for their baby's kind of like spirit and memory to live on and a blessing to you know that that child and their parents um i've seen people donate their baby's things or some of their baby's things to crisis pregnancy centers or to moms that are in need, you know, in poverty areas or things like that. So there's some really amazing things. I know some people like gift inside the family, whether it be to a sibling or a cousin or a close friend or something like that. And then they get to see a child, um, you know, where their child's clothes or play with the toy or use the crib or the stroller or something like that and those are all like wonderful fine things to do i just want to make sure that you don't give something away and then however many months or a year later be like man i really really wish i had that because it's a lot harder to get something back once it's been gifted and to just talk about that these strong strong feelings of our child's material belongings is really normal it's all we have left of our baby Right, We don't have our child. We only have their possessions. So you're going to have a unique fixation on it or you don't be very upset by it because it's just such a reminder. It's a slap in the face of what's missing from your family and from your life and nothing in the world can fill that void and that hole. So we often have really strong feelings about our child's things. And so we can use them in a way to honor them and to display them in in our house, or, you know, we can choose to bless others with them as well. And there's many, many ways that we can honor our children in our home. And it doesn't mean we have to keep the nursery up for forever. It doesn't mean that, you know, we have to hold on to every single thing that they've ever had. But at the same time, we can use those things, um, and hold on to them. And they can bless, you know, future, future siblings, or they can just be a room that is almost like a memorial to your kid. And, you know, there's a time and a place and a season for all of this. So don't worry about the outside noise tells you just really listen to your gut and follow your heart on this one. And it will lead you to a proper landing spot. And as your grief journey continues, it will become more and more refined where you really figure out what works for you and what really is your desires long-term. And so those are all amazing, wonderful, awesome blessings. And I would never want you to feel like you can't make these decisions properly because of pressures from the outside world or because of really, really strong reactions immediately after death of your child where we are having really, really strong reactions. I mean, we're in shock, we're traumatized. It's horrible. Like there's nothing like it. So just keep that in mind. Be gracious with yourself. If you and your husband are on a different page, you know, maybe talk through it, maybe keep everything in the nursery, keep the nursery set up, but keep the door closed. And then if the parent who wants to go in there, Um, decides to they can open that door and then shut it behind them so that they still have that space whereas the other parent doesn't have to see it Um, that's a big thing in grief with when you're dealing with relationships is compromise and often different parties need different things. Um, I was fortunate enough that my husband also really wanted the nursery to stay and found it very comforting to be in there. I don't think he was comforted by it to the extent I was, and he definitely didn't have as strong of emotional connections to our son's things as I did, but it was something he wanted to keep up. And he never thought that was like silly or dumb. And he was like, yeah, of course, we're going to like set up his bedroom in our new house. Like, why wouldn't we? So we were fortunate enough that in that matter, we agreed and we're on the same page. But I know that that doesn't always happen. And, you know, again, it's okay. Make those compromises. um, And then as time goes on, you'll probably end up in a spot that's a lot more similar than where you started, because that tends to be the way grief works. So anyways, I just want to leave you ladies with, um, some encouragement of you're doing an amazing job. This is the hardest thing I pray you ever have to go through. This is a really, really tough road. It's a really lonely road and it's a road that needs a whole lot more public attention brought to it. People are completely ignorant on this topic and it needs educating. And I'm just happy that you are here and that we can hopefully be a support and a comfort to you. If you ever have any questions or suggestions or things you want to hear on the podcast, please feel free to email us. Our email is in the notes below, but it's just maverickjohnconnis at gmail.com. And we love to hear from you. If you ever want to share your story too, We'll probably have some opportunities for that. I can't guarantee we'll get everybody's stories on here, but we do want to share other perspectives and other people's journeys just to have a broader pool um, for our listeners to listen to and hopefully find one that really speaks to them and that they relate to. So if that's something you're interested in doing, you can always email us as well. And hopefully down the road, we can get something set up. Um, We do have some people lined up, so those will be coming out in the future months But I just want to encourage you women, you are amazing, wonderful mamas. There is not a stronger mama than the bereaved mom. And there is no better mom in the world for your baby than you. You are the perfect mom for them. And I know we have been given the hardest road to walk. And there's not a greater ask than to ask a parent to give their child back. But here we are in this club, not of our own choosing but you're going to find the most amazing, amazing people. I can firsthandedly tell you that in this lost community, you will find the most empathetic, amazing people that you're not going to find outside of this community. Um, you might find a few outside, but they're few and far between. And this is a special group. And we're here for each other. We love you. We want to support you and do anything we can for you. So thanks for being here. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. See you next Friday.